This week, we continue our look at Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, the newest addition to 5e Dungeons and Dragons. And we're delving into the subclasses once again. This time, we're looking at the Battlesmith. Support the Dungeon Master's Dojo by heading over to Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and leave a review. Take the time to leave a comment as well. This helps make us more searchable to those listeners interested in content such as ours. But more importantly... We want to know how we are doing and what topics you would like to hear about. Another way you can support the DMD is by buying the DMD a beer, so we can continue to deliver quality content to you, our listeners. This also helps us upgrade and replace equipment. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the DMD and buy us a beer, or three, or five. Don't forget to say something nice or mean. We don't care. You're buying us a beer. Now on to this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Hey, Scott. Hey, Bill. This is our third time trying this. Off, <laughs> off to a rocky start today. Lou's been yelling at us. He's horrible. Um, I stormed off set crying. It's just like when I'm at home trying to do some basic plumbing. I spent a half an hour just picking out all the green M&Ms so Scott can feel better. Yeah, it worked. I appreciate yeah. that. Anything, well, anything for you, buddy? If you wouldn't have messed up in the beginning, we wouldn't be here. Well, we'd still be here, but we wouldn't be doing this the third time. Our, our producer <laughs> is the best we can for our budget which is zero, and <laughs> therefore we have Lou. Yes, and out of the six buttons that he needs to press, he's he pressed the, all of them. He's pressed all of them except the one he needed to press twice. Now we're on round three. Yeah, but. there was a countdown. <laughs> um, people were nervous. We had to call the fire department, evacuate the basement. It was scary. Yes. But yes. but now we can now we can make a podcast. We are up and running. Uh, okay. Yeah. So let's, let's let's talk enough about me. Let's talk about the Battlesmith. The Battlesmith. Battlesmith, Battlesmith. is pretty cool uh, conceptually. I I like that they uh, they had a little something to do with the creation of the Warforge, the Eberron. Yeah, quite a bit to do with it actually. But yeah, and that's something that I mean that's the fodder for an awesome storyline. Absolutely, you know. Gee, um, you know, as a hobby, let let's let's create a a race, a sentient being. Let's let's just build it because hey, we can. Yeah, be, and and when does that ever go bad? Right. I mean, oh, it worked never. out. Worked out fine in Battlestar Galactica. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. Um, it worked out. It worked out great in uh, the Terminator franchise. Uh, harmonious. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, actually, in the Terminator franchise, they should have concentrated more on making decent movies for the last couple of years <laughs> than than the rubbish they put out. But yeah, I mean, that's there's there's a there's a lot there for a a cool campaign. Yes, there is. I mean, I I like the Eberron campaign setting particularly. Um, I like this class a little bit better than the last one we looked at the subclass. We will get into. 
strength and whatnot as we go on. But I mean, right out of the gate, you're starting with your your tool proficiency. How That's can right. you build anything without tools? That's right, especially if you're building like a thing, yeah, like a person, which is basically what they are. Well, a creature. I don't know yeah. about person. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've met some warforged that were very personable. Well, yeah, warforged. Yes. Yeah, but you know, this class goes into. It's got metal pets. I mean, it's got metal pets. Not yeah. great to snuggle with on the sofa, <laughs> um, but uh, I mean that's cool. Well, I mean, if you build a lap dog, you'd always like, I guess, glue some fur to it. Or... Think about that. If you're making your your big war your construct dog, being a gnome and riding it into battle, yeah, that's pretty badass. That'd be badass. That is. Yep. That is. I'd have to paint it up, yep. right? And. Uh, like with the pinup girl on it, just like with the uh, the Jaegers that the uh, I keep calling them that. <laughs> yeah, that's Jaegers. really not what they are, but no, but I can't help but 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 think that that's you know the um, the armor. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. why just a I don't want to go Iron Man. That's too easy. I want to go like Jaeger. Let's fight some kaiju's. Let's take the Tarask down. <laughs> right? If you can build a if you can build a suit like that, imagine you get a couple of these other crazy armor smiths and armors and build yourself a whopper of a suit. I'm in. Yeah. Well, you get the artillerist to put a couple uh, mini cannons on there. Yeah. And you're and riding behind you. And then, then you get, you're ready to take out. Then, the you the, then you get the battlesmith here, you know, doing a, a few little things to it too. Yeah. There you go. So you get your tools, right? Yeah, you got your because tools. You got to the, uh, goblins, uh, with the snap-on wagon, come by the yep. shop. Yep, the snap-on caravan yep. pulls up with all the goblins with their four sixteenth wrenches and 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 ratchets <laughs> and the whatnot. <laughs> Say that again. Sledges four sixteenths. Four sixteenths. Four sixteenths. They're we, goblins, Bill. Yes, yes, they are. That's how goblins measure, and that's how Scott measures too. That is also how Scott measures <laughs> four sixteenths. Which is why Scott calls me when he needs things constructed. Yes, and, <laughs> and which is. Which is why my major was psychology. There's no math involved. There you go. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you get you you get the snap-on wagon with the goblins that come by. Uh, you know, it's pulled by a bunch of mangy dogs, and that's where your uh, your battlesmith gets their uh, gets their tools, right? And they're proficient in them, which is important. You will, as we very stated, important, very important. You can't build anything without it. So you start off, and then you start with battlesmith spells. Um, Lou brought up a good point. On the spell list, that looks an awful lot like the Paladin spell list, Very more much than so. a passing resemblance. Yes, it. Yeah. Um, well, they do. They originally in the Eberron book too is is in the wars that where they built the Warforged. They were also the the medics for the Warforged. So, you know, I could, I could see maybe as a stretch, it, it would be you throw that that Paladin in there. Uh, I think it's a little too close to the Paladin. It is. I mean, as far as, I, as, far as the spell list, I believe. Yeah, you're right. I get, you know, th- how they apply, though. You know, I mean, you oh, want to no, buff I up d- these. I, I do, too. But I, I, I these think creations they, you make, they needed so to make it a little, maybe customize it just a little bit more to make it a little more personal for this class. Well, your, your Battlesmith is your tanky class if you really want to, you know, get into it. So I could yeah. see them having these tanky abilities, I should say. Yeah, I could see the justification. I just think it, it, they need a little bit more variance there, a little bit more variety. So then third level, Steel Defender. This is probably the most attractive part of this entire subclass. Yeah, you get a you get a pet. You get a pet. 
You get to build your own pet. So you're part ranger, too. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, okay, quick question. Lou, still defender, what would you build? I'd build a mini-me walking next to be with me with his... I'd, and I'd dress him up, too, just like one of the party members. So Lou would have, like, a Lou action figure. A, a, yeah, he'd have a little Lou. <laughs> yep. Well, there's reasons for why I would build more of a humanoid instead of more why of an animal. Why is that? I don't want to get into it because it would break the game. He's already trying to break the game. Typical Lou. Well, well, let's hear it, Lou. Do you really want to? Again, yeah. we would go with the bag of holding theory. If you know we're into like that last world you had depicted for us, where the battles are heavy, my uh, steel defender would go in with the command to once he's next to him. This time, have two bags of holding with him and put one inside of the other. He he just loves that particular battle technique. For this class, it it, it yeah, works. Come, they, it, well, oh, yeah, they it works. come by it so easy. It's hard not to think like this. That. Is true. I mean, you you can replicate these things at third level. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's I yeah I could see that, but and and something mobile. Um, it, I don't know if you'd have the same speed think, as you would with a quadruped. Well, they have it, a it, well, they, they have, have a forty speed. Yeah, yeah. So. so yeah, I mean he can get up there and just do what he has to do to get the you know the majority of the the enemies out of the way for you, so you guys can concentrate your fire on anything else that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it's it's a it's a neat little. What a little contraption. Build? What would you build? I, you know, I I would want some. I'd want a like a a gorilla. That that suits you. Yeah, I thought so. I would want a big ass gorilla, and with a gnome riding on its back. Yeah, like a a gnome artillerist in a seat on its back. You know, like <laughs> like it's a just build uh, the saddle right in. You know, like it's <laughs> it's 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 one of those. You know, like it's it's a cannon that's so big you got to have a seat in it <laughs> you know only you're riding a gorilla master blaster yeah but i put a horn like like a unicorn style horn on the front of the uh the gorilla sure just like what? the mugatu from star trek <laughs> and there you go last episode you did, could not find a star trek reference i'm glad to see you finally back on thank track. you but these things are cool they can like repair themselves they and can. stuff yeah. so they yeah. have uh they have these inner workings that can execute repairs on on the inside. I like to deflect attack. I was just about to like, say the same I, thing. I, I like that. You know, it imposes disadvantage on an attack roll of one creature. You can see within five feet of it. For, you know, that's 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 actually a lot like the shield, the shield master. It, it's actually yeah. like shield. Oh, like yeah. shield, yeah. Yeah, if you really think about it. So Scott's playing as barbarian. I'm up there with him. I see something going that's about to hit Scott. I could have my the construct, you know, mine being a humanoid, give it a just impose its arms or something in the way. Right um, so now, the thing has this advantage to hit Scott. Visually, I mean, these things are cool, right? I well, mean, if you if, if you get into the thematics, yes. right? So you get in there and like lose scenario, you know. So we're at the gaming table and my barbarian's hacking away, and then uh, this this attack from elsewhere uh, comes in. The steel defender sees it. Maybe it's a barrage of attacks, right? So you have all this, you know, this uh, metal on metal pinging, you know, and sparks and everything from where it's being hit. But, you know, it's deflecting these attacks against the other party members. Um, and then, uh, you know, you can see it like repairing itself, you know, for those 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 rounds or whatever that penetrate that 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 thick 
metal hide it has. It's it's a cool it's cool thing visually, you know, thematically. Mm-hmm. Um because it's just it does a huge disservice if you're like um you roll the dice and uh, it deflects the attack. No, 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 no. No, yeah, talk it up. Yeah, talk you got to uh, you got to play it up. This is what this is all about. It's theater of the mind. Yeah. So put on a good show. That's right. Get descriptive. Very um, much. Get in be, players especially, you know, it's like have your moment of coolness. Don't leave it up to the to the GM all the time. Yeah, don't let the GM have to, you know, spell it out. All right, this is what you see. Right, no, no, this is what I have done. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Get I, in there. Feel confident. GMs let your players do that. It's like they're doing your job for you, and and they like to have their moment of coolness. And while they're having their moment of coolness, gives you a, set, a chance to reset your brain on the next thing you're yep. going to throw at yep. them. Uh, yeah. the, other, the, next, the other good thing I like about the Steel Defender is it can't be surprised, so it can be used mm-hmm. for watches for you. Right. Yeah. So I can see, like, you know, your, your, your squad or whatever having one of these – um, and maybe you got a couple Warforged or whatever in there. But, you know, right, if you got a squad of, you know, if we go back to the past couple of weeks where we were talking about this kind of like post-apocalyptic Eberron setting, you're going to want some of these um, Battlesmiths in, in a squad to take care of like a Warforged if you happen to have one there yep, yep. or to just help with, you know, maintaining equipment. you got the Steel Defender kind of standing standing guard you know, while everybody everybody sleeps, you know, maybe you have one, at, you know, at each uh, cardinal direction, kind of watching over things. And um, if you're going, you know, like a battlefield kind of scenario, right, you want like a low-profile paint job. You don't want anything shiny that's going to reflect light, right? Well, that's gonna, why I said yeah, I would yeah, clothe yeah. my, my uh, know, or, humanoid. Right. Or, you know, or go, burn them. There's that too for the gorilla. Yep. You know, flat black or something, yep. you know. Something low profile. That'd work. Well, I, I don't know if I go low profile because I think it, my creature would be like a, a giant octopus just for the freak out factor. That would work. That'd be awesome. Just kind of like gi- a giant octopus. I, slithering I it. across yeah, just, you know, multiple uh, the battlefield just, you know, or whatever. It would just be very eerie looking. That's the whole point. I mean, it wouldn't. It has eight arms. Not like it doesn't matter if it, it doesn't get any extra attacks because right. it has multiple arms. But just the it just its mobility alone would the creep factor. If yeah. described right, would be really really fun. Yeah, it's it's got to just be it'd be it'd be neat to to see it. Yes, you know, doing that and it'd be like very unnerving and unnatural. You know, to you know to an enemy. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, is, there's the bear, there's the gorilla, there's the giant wolf, there's an undulating mass of what the hell? Yeah, and, yeah. And is that an, an, a sea creature? <laughs> yep. On land? <laughs> On land. It doesn't well, belong here. Yeah, it has a decent AC to start off with, AC 15. That's yeah. not bad at That's all. Not That's bad. not bad at all. And a 40-foot movement speed. Which is, they're, so they're fast. So they, imagine well, this for me, that's five, feet per, that's five feet per leg. Yeah, it's uh, imagine this <laughs> octopus thing of yours just just ripping across like a battlefield or something, you know, going after the enemies at, at you know 40, 40 feet of movement is pretty, yeah, pretty impressive um, <laughs> and creepy, creepy at yeah, high speed, very off putting sight. <laughs> um, they get that the battle ready, mm-hmm. which is uh, you uh, your combat training and your experiments with magic pay off in these two different ways. You gain proficiency with martial weapons, which makes sense. 
Uh, you, when you attack with a magic weapon, you can use your intelligence modifier instead of strength or dexterity for the attack and damage rolls. I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah, that's um, because if if you're the, uh, you know, thematically, you really need to be intelligent to be doing this stuff. You have to you have to have uh, uh, a much higher intellect. You know, to be building building these things, especially in a world where this sort of this sort of technology is not maybe commonplace. Well, it's not just the fixing; it's the conceptualizing of uh, yeah of what you're building, and then and starting from scratch. Work. And how's it going to work? And you're building from the inside out. So yeah, I can see intelligence. It would be really, really important to have this. Then at fifth level, you get your extra attack. Yep, and and that's a that's a nice feature. The arcane jolt afterwards at ninth level. That's I like that this whole that whole feature right there. That that's mm. uh that is that is pretty pretty cool. Um so you can you know, I, I like how you can use it two ways. You know, you use it as a healing spell or you can use it as Clear. A, yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's and like that's how Lou would use it to harm people. Uh cure and cause light wounds and cure and cause serious wounds from the old days of D and D. You know, yep. you could just flip the effects of it. Um but yeah, I I, I just I see there. I see their healing kit being so uh, different and and terrifying from like other like field medics kits and stuff like that. Like I would almost yeah, want. There's nothing soft. <laughs> yeah, there. everything. You know, oh, soft gauze. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're gonna staple that wound shut. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just very yeah, very hard and utilitarian and mm-hmm. and and uncomfortable yeah and just for thematically looking when i was going to if i was going to use arcane jolt i would have a gauntlet on with wires attached to it just so it gives you that effect of that jolt coming through whether it be good or bad yeah 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 and the crackling of energy around it you know and you maybe you can even see like these these little uh little bolts of a magical uh energy kind of sparking you know the gloves not not holding it all in as it should, and and then uh, <laughs> it it jumping from you know re- receptor to wire to yeah. capacitor, and and well, depending on what you're doing, harm or healing yeah. depends on what color. Could, you can yeah. do you can do yeah. the color scheme. You can yeah, say red or green. Yep, or or it, all of a sudden it it starts growing spikes, as opposed to a, a soft undulation motion that seems to like a mirage kind of thing that goes around it. So you can you can have fun with the effects yeah. too. It's it's all thematic. So it is, but I do like the healing. It's it's two d six. You know, within thirty feet of seeing them, I believe that's what it says. Yes. Yeah. So you don't even. It's like healing word, but on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. It reached out. That two d six is pretty pretty decent. Yep. I I see it being a lot like um, um an AED. You know. That's what I was. Yep. You know. Yeah. No pulse detected. Charging. <laughs> Stand clear of patient. Charge delivered. Boop. And then the big thump. <laughs> Especially from behind. You know, someone's someone's taking maybe your tank's taking blow after blow and then and then they just get blasted from behind with this this jolt of arcane healing energy and there's like the uh the energy kind of like crawling all over them for a while, you know, across their <laughs> teeth and everything. And eyes glow a little eye. bit. So yeah, guys, when you when you're doing this, you know, Throw some some vision into it. Don't just make it. Oh, I heal them. Yeah, that doesn't work. You know? Boring. You get five points of healing back. Yeah, 
No, you know, nah, I use my paint archangel. Paint the picture for everybody, including your your DM. And reward it. GMs reward that sort of thing, you know, with extra experience points or or inspiration or something. I was going to say inspiration. Yeah, inspiration. Be, inspiration. That's, that's where that, that break out that inspiration idol, man, to boom, plop it right out in yep. front of them. Because that type of stuff, if your player is jumping up and doing this, and number one, we've already mentioned it saves you the, the effort of doing it. Hopefully this sparks your other players to get out there and do the same thing. It's like, wow, that was cool. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. That's what generates a really, really fun table when everyone gets behind their character and starts doing these kind of descriptions. Yeah. That's what you're striving for. As a game master, you set it up. All you can do is set up the pins. You know, let them take the, you know, take the shot at them. But if you get someone that's willing to jump in there and give those descriptions, you know, nurture it as much as you can. That's, that's uh, the difference between you know, a four-hour game session feeling like four hours and a four-hour game session feeling like... 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, it's 10 o'clock and your wife's giving us dirty looks. Why? Oh, crap. It's 10 o'clock. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a, that's a sign of a good, a good DM. Uh, you know, you have good players at the table. We, we went, um, me and Bill played with, uh, played a game with Scott Legault last week. Yeah. Yep. And it was one of those games where we had, we had, um, Aaron from level up your gaming came and played with us. And um, we couldn't get Jared this time, but we're going to get him. He was on the road. Yeah. He, he travels a lot for work. So Even if we have he's to, to nail down. him. Yeah, I, I plan on renting a that white van with no windows. We've been known for that, too. <laughs> for, and, for abducting uh, people? Yes. <laughs> yeah, actually, we have. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. in a bad way, people. Yeah, not in a bad <laughs> way. <no. laughs> What'd you do? Um, <laughs> oh, this is how we get people. To, your wife won't let you come and play? Don't worry, we'll fix that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell her the van's going to pull up front, and you need to go out there and, and, and get the paper. And uh, when, when we throw you into the van, just remember the last thing you want to scream is, it's okay, I know him. <laughs> it's hard to find pantyhose now, you know, to put over your face. Um, but, and and uh, Frank and Ben from our gaming group are there, yep. and Scott's sister-in-law played as well. She played an awesome Mary Jane. She, yeah, she did. It was a Call of Cthulhu, but we started, and 15 minutes later, four hours had gone by. And, uh, you know, so it was a good time, but that was, that was a lot of different people doing a lot of, of, of what we're talking about. And it was, uh, it was a cool time. Yep. Called role-playing. Role-playing. Yeah, a- that was, I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, his sister-in-law is like, well, I, I got to leave in about two minutes to go to work and a half an hour later, we finally closed the game up. <laughs> yeah. Like 1130 <laughs> but, but at night. But it felt we- like two minutes. Yeah. Um, so encourage that stuff at your table. Um, it's definitely worth it. In, and in it really end. doesn't hurt anything. It's really no, it automatically doesn't. just for looks. It's not, yeah. like I said, with the glove, with the wires, that's just me being the battlesmith. That's what I'm going to have. And it's not doing anything extra, but it lends to the visual. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the, you know, the next battlesmith may not even have any gloves. He's got a backpack, which has a giant car battery looking thing on it. And a set of jumper cables that he puts somewhere <laughs> on your body. You what know? are those for? I'm going to help him. He's injured. Yep. What? Or it's in the form of you know uh, some sort of rod that shoots out a bolt of electricity or whatever he arcane energy that. that oh, great! That, the Ghostbusters. Yeah. You know something like that. That would he be just cool. Slides it, slides it back into the battery pack. And if it's a bad guy, it's a cattle prod. It's a. <laughs> yeah. So everybody's technology could look different. You know, and the effects, the effects are all the same, 
um, all that thematic stuff could be very different looking because, you know, people do things, people do things differently. Yeah. Artistry in the delivery system. That's right. That's right. So let's move on to the improved defender. This is where the defender gets really good. The defender gets really good. You get I mean, to upgrade. Yeah. An extra attack, which is, am I, am I reading it right? Yep. You are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. An extra attack. The, the, awesome. The, the construct gets an extra attack. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, not, not the player, the yeah. construct. <laughs> um, plus two to the, your, your armor class, so that goes from a 15 to a 17? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's huge. You get, it's uh, an extra, extra damage and uh, healing, healing of your arcane jolt, both increased to 46, which is... That's pretty good. Which is a pretty substantial... Um, well, at 15th level. I mean, so at this level, your characters are dealing out yeah. heavy damage, but so is your bads. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Your badge are dealing out, you know, good chunks of damage too. So you're talking, oh, forty six. That's huge. Eh, it's, it's okay, it's, but it's decent. The, the, it's decent. Yeah. The, I like the bump in the AC for the for the construct because mm-hmm. yep. you got to remember it's going to be going up against your bigger, batter guys to do that disadvantage. To um, right, it it's going to be there imposing its yep. itself and its will. Yeah. Um, and you got to remember, right. you can also use this to give yourself the help, have it help you, so you get advantage. Yes. So. And the uh, I think probably my my favorite feature to this improved defender is uh, uh, whenever it uses its deflect attack, the attacker takes force damage equal to one d four plus your intelligence modifiers. That's that's pretty neat. It's almost like and there's no save. Yeah, You're right. whatever whatever the attack is, you know, um, you know maybe there's a ricochet or something like that from that, a magic missile or something. Yeah, it comes, comes back uh, comes back at you and you get hit with you know. Part of the damage. Piece of metal comes flying off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you're dealing with shrapnel. You're dealing with, you know, any, any number of things. Um, and by this time, your intelligence modifier is probably at least a two, probably a three. I would hope so. You're in D4, so you're looking at a minimum of four points. Yep. Yeah. Usually, a minimum of four points plus the chance of more. You, you max your roll. That's almost a hit die. That's pretty good on a, 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 a piece of shrapnel. Yeah, that's a free damage. And that's free damage, right? Yeah. Which which is always always good. I think I'd give my octopus an extra leg. Why not? Nine. You know, just to make all the other octopi jealous. That's it. That nine. That would be slithering a, that, around. That, that would be a, a septopod. Scott's no. thinking. I got a septopus. A septopus would only be seven. Sept, or is legs. it? It's, it's septor sect. I'm trying to remember my Latin. It's been a long time since I took Latin or was in Catholic school. I did so many Catholic masses. I actually I took could do Latin. Ch- I could do church stuff in Latin. Um, <laughs> so good. Eye. So. Uh, Call us if you need an exorcism done. <laughs> no, don't. No, that's scary shit. <laughs> Call the Vatican. They do that. They do that for a living. So a ninopus. Ninopus. <laughs> so with what you gave us descriptions for the last two uh subclasses for this, let's continue that. Okay. Build this into that campaign along with the alchemist, the armor. The artillerist, and now with your battlesmith. All right. Um, here's uh, so I I think we'll we'll still go um, we'll still go with like illithids or something blotting out the sun because That's I, perfect yep. because I like that. So um, maybe the uh, and I'm I'm totally throwing out the uh, the Eberron, um campaign setting as written so guys if you're really like in tabaron i'm sorry i don't i don't mean to defecate all over your beloved um campaign <laughs> setting 
Uh, but I'm going to take artistic license, right? So you got the illithids. The illithids are the big bad guys. Um, watch our episodes on illithids GMs if you want to use this. Oh, yeah. The, the big um, bads will be really bad. And uh, so they have found it necessary to build the Warforged because um, they're absolutely useless to illithids, right? There's a... Well, that and they usually put out those waves of thought eaters out in front of them as yep. well. So, you um, know, the, your, your Warforged are going to be less likely to be influenced by those. So they would be a natural course of action, right? For your So your battlesmiths would be uh, tasked with... Uh, developing those so by the time your campaign happens you know you're you're deep in in this apocalyptic war with the illithids and um you know piles of piles of skulls and uh there's an illithid um necromancer raising the dead on the battlefield let's say like final final push but now you know maybe your squad your squad has maybe a couple couple warforged that are still like loyal Right, but the other Warforged, having having achieved sentience, didn't necessarily want to have any involvement in these wars by all the squishy people, so they've they've left, they've they've revolted, which which um, all the uh, the carbon based life forms, to quote Star Trek, uh, are kind of like <laughs> left in the lurch, having to do this with a few of the loyal Warforged, but now the Warforged have their own army. Right, so they're keeping the illithids at bay. They're keeping like the squishies at bay, and they're just waiting for whoever it is that that wins the war to finally finish them off. So now you have this like three way going, and it's not the cool kind either. <laughs> um, and your where would your where would your uh, uh, battlesmith fit in? Well, naturally, they're your they're your field medics. They're helping to keep. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you have one or two in your squad, and your uh, you know those steel defenders are 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 an extra combatant too, to, and naturally of course too maybe like maybe the steel defenders are the answer to the warforge you know maybe the warforge were a little too intelligent and that's why all this 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 trouble with them erupted now we don't want to be here like soldiers but these these aren't as smart no they're not right and they disappear if you die right so they don't keep going like the warforge did and i on that whole disappearing thing don't make don't make them disappear like poof they're gone maybe they're 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 bonded to their um creator to their creator so they just cease to work because all of that energy and that 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 magical bond that they have between them and their creator is what is their life force you know it's um it's gone from a an animate object to statuary yeah it just stops working it you know it, it's little more than just cover at that point in time um and you have your, uh, you know, you have your 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 squad there um, of all pretty much uh, artificers, except for maybe a couple warforged, you know, that are something else, um, fighters, right? You know, but it's it's like your shock team, Delta Force, small, yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's a um, a diverse, uh, you know, group of different different species because at that point in time you know whatever whatever like racial tensions or whatever are going oh, yeah, on those are world, gone yeah it's like all right, we'll get back to hating each other after we take care of this like threat you know you, you, of, you, of annihilation unite against the squid face yeah so your your um your your alchemist which when we were talking about alchemists we were we we said you know it's probably the one that fits best into our homebrew world 
um, you know, it's it's the more I don't know, like fantastic, I guess, high fantasy type of type of thing. Yep. But I think you know, I'm I'm gonna say that the alchemist certainly in this like kind of uh, post apocalyptic scenario uh, it has its place. Well, I see this very much as your your uh, support class. Yeah. Yeah, it's um he's blowing out elixirs to, you know, help, you know, get you back up and running. He has a pretty decent um spell list. So you got your flaming sphere, your gaseous form. He has healing word. You know, I mean, we're going post apocalyptic and there's all that desperation, you know, of like a um, you know, end to to everything. Then I would see I would see the the alchemist as like having having this 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 big belt and it's this big padded belt full of all these vials and the uh and a pump that's like stuck into you know like a you know <laughs> one of the di- you know the diabetics have that that insulin pump yep. pump yep. something akin to that but a bunch of different tubes and the whatnot coming from each vial and and basically what they're doing is is they're they're um they're like juicing themselves like Bane from the Batman <laughs> comic books, right? These these are the things it's like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna um I'm gonna hit the healing juice and you know, there's this hiss and you know, a little puff of smoke and um you know, they're all like they're hopped up on these different uh chemicals and that's what that's what keeps them going because they're not they're not armored up, you know, they don't have a steel right. defender, they're not a war forge, they don't have like a um you know, a, a suit of power armor. A Jaeger. Yeah, Jaeger. Um, <laughs> you know, they don't they don't have all this metal and tech in between them and, and the world. So they're uh they're like they're like Bane. There you um, go. And they're uh with a variety of effects. With a variety of different effects. They pull out the little lanyard around their wrist with little controller, looks like the, a lot like the soda dispenser at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a it's series attached, of buttons attached, attached to a hand. bracer. There's yep. a tube running up the inside of their arm and Yep. Um you can see different, different chemicals, different colored liquids. You know the bubbles in it. You know, really, really bad for you. You know all these air bubbles going in the veins, but they they don't give a shit because, you know, they've, you know, things have gotten real bad. Necessary you know? so, evil. Yeah, yeah, it's like all right. Well, if the, you know, if the bubble doesn't get me, the the bad guys probably will. Um, I see them fitting in there like really, really nicely in that kind of that kind of scenario. The artillerist, of course, we talked about them. Um, they're the one, you know, they'll be out they're there. They're just with, wreaking havoc. Yeah. With their, uh, with their, you know, cannon companions and their, um, <laughs> you know, their, all their, uh, their arcane firearms and the whatnot. They're, they're the, they're the ones laying down that cover fire. So maybe your alchemist berserker can, can charge across the battlefield all hopped up on whatever <laughs> he's got in his belt and, you know, deliver deliver like a message across the battlefield or, you know, sneak behind enemy lines or something. Uh and then then of course you have your uh battlesmiths with their steel defenders. Um the second you, wave right in behind you. Yeah. Your 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 bane these, character. <laughs> these uh these bears and wolves and octopuses, uh ninopuses or ninopuses. Um and just a uh I I see it as like a a, a very uh, uh, well used futuristic kind of Eberron, like you know the equipment's old. It's uh, yeah, there's nothing new. Everything's made out of scrap right. parts. It's dirty. Salvaged. 
you know, maybe a little rusty. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of last standish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, it's it's um, the paint on it is 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 chipped off. You know, there's dents and stuff um, or charred or charred. <laughs> you know, it's a very scarred appearance. You know, they have the uh, the raccoon eyes on. Uh, you, you know, when they move their goggles, you know, it looks like you know, it looks like a cop who's been directing traffic in the sun all day, or <laughs> someone who's been been welding. And you know, there's this distinct white white ring around the eyes from where the goggles were, and it's just dust and 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 fog and mist and um and and sweat and gloominess. And- yeah, like they're eating uh they're eating gruel. Every day, it's like this nutrient-rich gruel. Um, you just mix water or whatever Glorp. whatever liquid you can find, you know. Glorp. Yeah. <laughs> Could you pass me a bowl of glorp, yeah. please? <laughs> yeah. Why do you call it glorp? That's the sound it makes, it makes when, when it lands it in the, the bowl. Yeah. Glorp. <laughs> glorp. I, I like that. I'm going to have to come up with a recipe for glorp. For glorp, yeah. I'm sure it'll be delightful. <laughs> um, you know, and it's like everything else. It's gray. It's oh, just, of course, it's, yeah. you know, it's just this, this, it's a very, mo- and, a very monotone world. Yeah. And, and you got to set the tone like that. And I, I think it would be fun to play, uh, a campaign like that. It'd be very like heavy metal. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, heavy metal, steampunk yeah. and, and Mad Max all rolled into one. Yeah. Yeah, I would even I would even play some like European like death metal or something in the background while while oh, you're playing, fit. you know. Good fit, yeah. Um this this sort of uh game. I can't I try uh to think of how I could fit that into like a fantasy setting like a Greyhawk or Faerun and it's it's challenging for me to uh to do that. I feel like I feel like you'd have to hammer it in almost. Yeah, it it does have the feel of a, a square peg in a round hole, but it would be awesome in its own kind of in in the correct campaign setting. Yeah, yes, it, all of these would be fun. I mean, we've made no bones about it how this wouldn't fit in in our world or uh, in a lot of high fantasy. I don't think it'd be comfortable fit. It would be a a, a, a challenge to keep it on par with some of the other classes. Yeah, some of them are very powerful. Some of your your, your casting uh, classes are very very powerful, but this just seems like an odd fit. Yeah, yeah, it would um, thematically. It would almost feel like a, a spaceship landing in the middle of the uh, battle for Helm's Deep. <laughs> yeah, you know, it just it wouldn't. It, it'd be it'd be hard for me to to put that in there, but I would run something like we just talked about as a one shot a couple times a year just to let players kind of kind of cut loose because uh i could i could have a very high mortality in a game like that and players aren't going to like really be players get you know they get really attached to their characters. yes they but do if it's uh if, if it goes for a long time yeah. yeah if it's a uh one or two four hour scenarios a few times a year then i think they would embrace in like a catastrophic death of one of their, one of their characters. Um, once, because, again, once again, we go to make it very, very descriptive. If you got to go into yeah. a ten-minute, you know, soapbox diatribe about how that one character died, then by all means, yeah, do it. Yep. Or you know, you know, figure out a way to, you know, uh, 
keep them alive and just replace limbs with, you know, like uh, a metal a metal limb. Well, he becomes a, a hybrid between the Warforged and his yeah, previous character. Yeah. And you, you'd build him under the Warforged rules, but... Well, you get a... Um, what is it? We go all the way back to... Um, is it the armor? The armor you can replace... Yes. Limbs. Well, yeah, with the with a one set of armor, the armor replaces if you're missing limbs. It automatically forms a limb. Yeah. But that whole that whole thing with um you you really can do some good storytelling, you know, tying it into the Warforged, especially if you have these 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 Warforged, this this massive group of Warforged that are um you know, we're like we're going to we're going to form our own nation and our own government and our own army. So now now you have this this um this player this player character who is almost almost like uh, a cast off of two different worlds there's as resentment well, he, on the he, fleshy he's side. our version of a, <laughs> a version of a half elf yeah yeah exactly he's our mechanical half elf you know the warforged don't want him because yep. he's one of the squishy people the squishy people, people don't, don't want, want him. him because he's he's a lot like a warforged you know and everybody probably knows someone who uh Lost someone during the Great War Forge. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be reminded to buy it, but here's you know, yeah. here's the you know clunker coming down the road, you know, with one you know step clunk, step clunk, step clunk. Yeah, and then you it opens it up for some really good role playing opportunities for your for your players as well, you know, and some some really deep storytelling, which which I think is is always well, cool. yeah. Now you got hopefully your other players band around him. And defend him and, you know, no, this is what he did. He's a hero and you should be respecting him. You should be thanking him, not throwing things at him. Yeah. And then where, do, where does that leave that, that player character? Well, that could be the player character that bridges that gap and brings, like, the Warforged in, you know, for one final push against the Illithids and then... You know, you can wrap up a, you can wrap up a compa- campaign like that. Mm-hmm. So is that a Answer that, your question. Does that work for you, Lou? That works very well. You writing it? I hope so. I want to play it. I guess uh, you should have taken notes. You're going to run it. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said again. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing we recorded it, right? Yeah, there you go. We can play for you over and over and over. If you reach it for a delete button, slap them. And that's our look at the Battlesmith. Stay tuned next week when we talk about the Barbarian. <laughs>